story eight of the human boy by eden philpotts this librivox recording is in the public domain story eight the chemistry class this story about guy fawkes night at dunstan's is worth knowing because it shows the rumminess of nubby tompkins tompkins i may say was called nubby owing to his nose which was extremely huge though he said it was roman and swore he wouldn't change it if he could anyway bradwell made a rhyme about it that is certainly good enough to repeat he wrote it first on a blackboard with chalk and a good many chaps learned it by heart it ran like this our nubby's nose is ponderous and our nubby's nose is long so it wouldn't disgrace our nubby's face if half his nose was gone which was not only jolly good poetry but also true a thing all poetry isn't by long chalks as you can see in virgil and such like well nubs sang the solos in chapel on sundays and people came from far to hear him do it in consequence of which so steggles said the doctor favoured him and regarded him as an advertisement to dunstan's but his singing wasn't in it compared with the advertisement he gave the doctor on guy fawkes night the term before slade left to explain the whole tremendous thing i must tell you that nubs belonged to the chemistry class this class in fact was pretty well started for him his father telling dunstan so nub said that he shouldn't send him at all if he couldn't be taught chemistry because nubs had shown a good deal of keenness for chemicals generally from the earliest days and bought little boxes of serpents eggs and red fire instead of sweets ever since he was old enough to buy anything he had also blown off his eyebrows and eyelashes with a mixture he was grinding up in a mortar and they had never grown again to this day all of which things showed he had chemistry in him to a great extent so the doctor started a chemistry class and a chap called stoddard from maryville came up once a week to take it and nubs joined and so did i not because i had chemistry in me worth speaking of but because i was a chum of nubby's wilson also joined and so did hodges i may mention my name is mathers i always thought that chemists simply mix the muck doctors give you when you're queer but it seems not in fact there are several sorts of chemists and nub said he hoped to belong to the best sort who don't have bottles of red and green stuff in the windows and so on he said a man who sold pills and toothbrushes and licorice root and soap could not be considered a classy chemist the real flyers made discoveries and froze air and sneaked one another's inventions and got knighted by the queen if they had luck and if they were well thought of by the newspapers i should think really nubs might come to being knighted if he sticks to it for even down to the stuff in cough lozenges nothing is hid from him once the matron gave me simply a vile lozenge for my throat which got a bit foggy owing to falling into the water during hare and hounds well the lozenge was white in colour but even a white lozenge may be very decent sometimes so i took a shot at it going to bed but it was so jolly frightful to the taste that i chucked it away and next morning found it again and examined it after drying on it i then found the words chlorate of potash so i took it to nubs he said it was certainly a chemical and added that the stuff in it was almost the same as you make pharaoh's serpents with i could hardly believe such a thing so he lighted the lozenge and it burned blue and a long wriggling brownish ash came curling out of it like a snake just as nubby said which is well worth knowing to anybody who ever has a chlorate of potash lozenge 
many such like remarkable and useful things nubby could tell you among others how to mix sulphur and gunpowder and other ingredients for fireworks he had in fact an awful fine book devoted to the subject and wooden affairs to load cases and once when stoddart didn't turn up and the doctor put us on our honour to do the proper things in the laboratory alone nubbs finished off analysing some mess in about five minutes and spent the complete rest of the time making a rocket it had four blue stars and thirteen yellow ones and the case was made out of a stiff brown paper roll in which his mother had that morning sent nubbs a photograph of her new baby at home and nubbs forgot the photograph and stuffed the mixture in upon it and made a separate compartment for the stars on top so the photograph of nubby's mother's new baby curiously enough went off with the rocket and was never more seen by mortal eye not that nubbs cared he kept the rocket till the doctor's birthday and after prayers when he knew he was in his study with the windows open and the blinds up being summer-time nubbs let it off in the front garden and we helped it turned out very good in a way though not quite a perfect rocket because instead of going up it tore along the ground but it tore for an enormous distance and then turned and came back all of itself and the blue stars did not go off but the yellow ones did or some in a bed of rather swagger geraniums unfortunately the doctor didn't care much about it not understanding our motives but nubbs explained that he had done it out of honour to the day then the doctor thanked him and said he had doubtless meant well and that from the earliest times of the chinese the pyrotechnist art had been employed upon occasions of legitimate festivity and rejoicing i mention this because it was the encouragement he had over this creeping rocket that made nubbs get so above himself if you understand me he never forgot it and next autumn term he actually asked the doctor if he might have a regular firework display in the playground on the night of the fifth of november he asked rather cunningly just after an english history lesson during which the doctor had been slating guy fox frightfully and having said such a heap of hard things about the beggar dr dunstan couldn't very well refuse he said your request is unusual tomkins but i can see no objection at the moment however i will let you have my answer at no distant date and i said to nubbs that means he'll think and think till he's got a reason why you shouldn't and let you know then but nubbs said to me i believe he'll let me do it feeling so jolly bitter as he does about guy fox and blessed if he didn't nubbs undertook to make the things himself nothing was to be bought but chemicals in a raw unmixed condition and dr dunstan actually headed the subscription list with two shillings sixpence and thompson gave the same and mannering two shillings and frenchy three shillings fifty-two chaps also contributed various sums from one shilling to a penny and nubbs became rather important and went down gradually to the bottom of the lower fifth owing to the strain upon his mind he gathered together two pounds seven shillings five pence in all and made it up to two pounds ten shillings himself and fowle's father who was in some business where they used sulphur in terrific quantities got four pounds weight of it for nothing and nubbs said it was a godsend for illuminating purposes he had been to the crystal palace and told us he was going to carry everything out just like they did there as far as he could with the money 
at the last moment he got a tremendous increase of funds in the shape of a pound from his father and strangely enough it was that extra pound that wrecked him without that father's pound he couldn't have arranged the principal feature of the whole performance and without that principal feature nothing in the way of misfortunes to nubs worth mentioning would have fallen out but the pound came and with it a letter very encouraging to nubby he went on mixing away at the various proper compounds and experimenting with them till he got his rockets to go up like larks and his roman candles to shoot out stars the length of a cricket pitch then his governor's pound came and he decided on having a set piece with it a set piece nubby said is the triumph of the firework maker's art and very likely it is in proper hands you can have likenesses in fire or words or ships or fame crowning virtue or in fact pretty well anything a set piece is designed small first then large and it is worked out with little tiny things like squibs only very small and without any bang at the end these are all lighted off at once and they burn one color first then change to another nub said his would start yellow because it was cheaper and finally turn green the thing was what design to have and the four chaps in the chemistry class all thought differently i advised trying a shot at a huge portrait of the doctor but when it came to particulars nobody knew how to work a portrait and hodges thought we might do something about guy fawkes but nubs didn't care about that then hodges thought again and suggested the words god bless the doctor and i agreed that it would be fine but wilson said it was profane and might annoy the doctor frightfully especially when it turned green then nubbs suggested the words dr dunston is a brick and hodges said that it was good and wilson said it might be good but it wasn't true anyway however it was three to one though we all admitted that from his point of view wilson was right to hate the doctor because the doctor hates him the thing was to make a licking big frame of light wood and arrange the letters across it and the note of exclamation at the end this we did and hammered it against the playground wall and wheeled up the screens that go behind the bowler's arm in the cricket season and hid away the set piece behind them till the time came likewise we arranged stakes for the roman candles and a board for the catherine wheels and a string for the flying pigeons and so on and also we rigged up bits of tin round the playground and by the fir trees at the top end and behind the gym these were for bengal lights and other illuminations all of this nubs had arranged for the paltry sum of three pounds ten shillings the chemistry class had a half holiday as the time drew on and we worked like niggers all four of us nubs commanded so to speak and mixed and did the grinding and pounding and stars hodges and i hammered up the heavy posts and stakes in the playground and carried out odd jobs generally and wilson manufactured cases for everything with brown paper and paste and string the set piece took two hundred and thirteen little tubes these wilson made in lengths of a yard and cut off at the required size and nubs stuffed them with green fire first and yellow on top it promised to be a jolly big thing altogether and four days before the night nubs began to get awfully nervous and to prepare yards and yards of touch paper and corky minimus heard the doctor say to brown 
really the lads have devoted no little energy and method on their proceedings and it appears so mr stoddart tells me that the boy tomkins has mixed his compounds quite correctly thereby ensuring that brilliance and variety which is looked for in an exhibition of this kind i wonder whether we might ask the parents and friends of those who dwell at merivale and the immediate neighbourhood and brown who never misses a chance of showing the brute he is at heart said really i should think twice dr dunstan there is such an element of chance with amateur fireworks unfortunately we can't have a dress rehearsal as with the scenes from shakespeare and the recitations at the end of the term nevertheless said the doctor i am disposed to run the risk a little harmless pleasure combined with courtesy to relatives at midterm is rather desirable than not so about fifty people were asked and they brought fifty more and the cads from merivale got to know too and there was a good crowd of them along the fence by the gym also two policemen came and nubbs who was nervous before grew much worse when he heard of it besides we had a frightful shock two days before the firework night owing to the loss of poor old wilson by simply sickening luck he got reported by brown for cheek it was when brown came out in a new pair of awfully squeaking boots with sham pearl buttons at the side and drab tops and wilson said they were ugly eighteens and brown heard him the doctor took an awfully grave view of this and told wilson that personality was the vilest kind of cheek which wouldn't have mattered but he gave him a thousand lines as well and forbade him to see the fireworks or help any more with them and that's the man you call a brick wilson said rather bitterly it certainly was rough after the way he had worked but from the wing dormitory where he would be at the time he might be able to see pretty well everything by leaning far out between the window bars which nubbs pointed out to him and he said he should he also said he'd pay out brown some day and very likely dunston too well the night came and it was a fine one and the cads likewise came and lined the fence then the doctor clapped his hands twice which was the signal to begin and just as he did so out burst yellow fire everywhere behind the bits of tin lighted simultaneously by seven chaps and everybody seemed to like it and the doctor said capital bravo tomkins a pleasing and fairy-like conceit then nubbs let fly two rockets and they went up well and burst out in stars though not as many by any means as we had crammed into them but one twisted for some reason and instead of falling in the direction of the cads the stick twinkled down with just a spark of red here and there in the line of it bang behind the chapel both nubbs and i distinctly heard it go smack through the top of the greenhouse and i rather think the doctor heard it too for he didn't say bravo or anything but just sent a kid to tell nubbs to point future rockets the other way which disheartened nubbs because he's like a girl at times of great excitement such as this was but he soon cheered up especially at the splendid success of the catherine wheels which he hadn't hoped much from and at the cheers even the cads gave for the golden rain which showed up everything as bright as day including maud and the other dunstan girls and mrs dunstan and nubby's father standing smiling very amiably by the doctor and the policeman blinking and the crowd and a white dab hanging out of a high window afar off which i saw and knew to be wilson 
only the balloon failed owing to the nervousness of nubbs who set fire to the whole show while he was trying to light the spirit on the sponge underneath but he passed it off with crackers thrown among the kids and then while they were all yelling he dragged away the cricket screens and nubbs let off the set piece he lighted the touch paper and it snapped and crackled all over the design in a moment and a thick smoke arose and out of it came the set piece flaring in rich yellow fire of course we expected what nubbs and wilson had arranged viz dr dunstan is a brick but instead there came out these awful words dr dunstan is a brute that just shows what a frightful difference three letters will make in a thing and the night was so dark and the letters so big that you could have read them a mile off only if you will believe it dunstan didn't people applauded like anything at first till the preliminary smoke cleared off and they read the truth then they shut up and made a sound like wind coming through a wood but the cads yelled and roared and so did the policemen for i heard them and to make the frightful thing a shade more frightful if possible the doctor who is blind as ten bats and didn't realize the end of the set piece but only read his name at the top clapped his hands and said famous famous you excel yourself tompkins then the words began gradually to turn green and for that matter so did nubbs in fact whether it was the reflected light or the condition of his mind or both i certainly never saw any chap become so perfectly horrid to look at as nubbs did then his nose seemed to stand out like a great green rock and his eyes bulged and his chin dropped and the set-piece turned his teeth as bright as precious emeralds he just merely said good lord nothing more then hooked it off into the darkness simply shattered at the same time stoddard and thompson and mannering and brown and some chaps from the sixth not knowing what colour the beastly set-piece might turn next or how soon the doctor would spot it dashed at the thing and dragged it down and trampled on it and brown in the act burned the very boots that wilson had cheeked which pleased wilson a good deal when he heard it after that it was all over and the doctor thinking the set-piece had died a natural death so to speak saw me under the gaslight at the gate as everybody streamed out and said ah young man what was that last word in the illumination i know you and hodges also had a hand in it as well as tompkins and i said please sir we arranged the words dr dunstan is a brick and he said excellent pithy and concise if a little familiar i only hope you all echo that sentiment every one of you send tompkins to me and tell the other fellows there is cake and lemonade going on in the dining-hall just as if the other fellows didn't know it but everybody gave three cheers for the doctor and mrs dunstan and i started to find nubs and the policeman made the cads go though they went reluctantly i looked long for nubby and at last found him all alone in the gym one bit of candle was burning which looked frightfully poor after all the brilliance of the fireworks and nubs had got the parallel bars under the flying rings and was standing on them i mean the bars what the dickens are you doing nubby i said and he answered it's no jolly good attempting to stop me now because it's too late my life is ruined and my father was there too to see it ruined and i'm going to hang myself as every convenience for hanging is here mind you he would have done it 
knowing tomkins as i do and his great ingeniousness i don't mind swearing that he would have been a hung chap in another minute so i told him but though doubtful he decided to put it off anyway i even got him to promise he wouldn't hang himself at all if his father believed his innocence about the set-piece and crew the headmaster under the doctor and old briggs and thompson got us in a corner nubs and hodges and me and we solemnly vowed we knew nothing of it and crew went down to the merivale trumpet and made the reporter put in the original words when it came out and thompson explained to mrs dunstan how some evil disposed wicked person had tampered with the set-piece and begged her not to wound the feelings of the doctor by telling him and the sixth hushed it up among the kids and i sneaked a bit of cake for wilson and went up after the row was over and told him everything down to the burning of brown's boots he confessed to me then that he had done it which didn't surprise me much knowing how he had worked and then at the last minute almost been deprived of seeing the show it was certainly a terrible revenge but of course a terrible revenge which doesn't come off owing to a master being too short-sighted to see it is pretty sickening for the revenger besides the risk mr crewe worked like a demon to find out who had done it and he suspected wilson from the first but couldn't prove it but at last he did find out through fowl who got it out of ferrars who got it out of west who got it out of nubs in a moment of rage for i may say wilson himself told nubs and nubs never forgave him and says he never shall even if they both go to heaven so crewe having found out had some talk with wilson but he didn't lick him whereas wilson did lick fowl and that pretty badly not that fowl cares for an ordinary licking more than another chap cares for a smack on the head the only way to hurt him is to twist his arm round about twice and then hit him hard just above the elbow i may say i found this out myself and everybody does it now End of story eight.